God's getting ready to do something in here, and I'm excited. For the last couple weeks, um, we've been getting into 2024. We are literally 14 days into 2024, which is really crazy, right? I mean, how did that just go by? Uh, I don't know. I feel like the older I get, the quicker that it just continues to go. And a week feels like a day to me because I'm like, where did we, what happened here? And I know that God's been doing some pretty crazy things um, in each and every single one of us. Um, When we begin a new year, though, the biggest thing is that when we begin a new year, it's in our nature to desire for this year to always be better than the last, isn't it? Right? It's a desire that, how many of you know that you desire that this year, 2024, be better than 2023? Y'all are lying if you did not raise your hands that you want a better year. And if you don't, well, praise God, you had a fantastic year with no problems last year. Awesome. What's crazy is we set resolutions, we set goals, and we put our hopes in being better, achieving better, and not repeating the same cycles of last year. But I want to ask a question. How many of you feel already that 2024 has tried to come kick you in your teeth? We started out 2024 in our house sicker than a dog. Every single one of us literally done. We literally had an air mattress on our floor in our front room besides us being in the couch. And everybody had their designated spots, their designated blankets. Don't share them. Don't touch them. Don't do nothing. Cover your coughs. We had Lysol cans laying out everywhere. We had Clorox wipes everywhere. We were literally went to the doctor three times. We're on three different rounds of medication. I'm telling you from breathing treatment, steroids, antibiotics to another set of antibiotics to another set of steroids to another Another set of breathing treatments and then Pastor Brandon on another set of medication. Holy cow! That is not how I wanted to start 2024. But you know what? What's crazy about it is I can say that 2023 was a rough year. It was. It was a rough year for me personally. I know many of us had some different things that took place. But I'm going to say right now, I don't want to repeat the same cycles from 2023 into 2024. I don't want to repeat the same stuff, right? I mean, how many of you say, I'd like to break some cycles that happened in 2023 in my life to not repeat in 2024, right? So for those of us that are desiring in the depths of our souls to do that, how do we accomplish it? How do we change it? How do we make lasting change that breaks these cycles? How do we do it? How do we go from making resolutions that fall flat to becoming resolute in Christ and standing our ground? How do we do it? How do we go from making Jesus Christ just a goal to be attained to a lifestyle? How? See, you say you set resolutions and you set goals, but I'm telling you what, Jesus Christ is not a goal because a goal is something that you attain to and then you make a new one. Well, I'm telling you what, Jesus Christ was the same yesterday, today, and forever, and he is my constant lifestyle, not just a goal of something I want to attain to. He's something that I want to live for, right? So how do we go from breaking cycles so that we can do that? Well, I'm going to tell you today that the way that we do that is we have to flip the focus. Flip the focus. God's been saying that to me since last week when Pastor Sam was up here and Pastor Brandon and Pastor Brandon was standing back here and I heard the Lord continue to tell me. He said, tell them to flip the focus. God's been preparing our spirits already, guys, since 2023, since New Year's Eve, since back in the day when we talked about everything from a new mind to going into, we literally spoke about the mind for most of the year. He's been trying to prepare us and then talking about going into the armor and wearing it and doing what you need. See, he's already suited you up. He's already dressed you for this next year. But now he's telling you, you need to flip the focus. On New Year's Eve, Pastor Brandon spoke on Stand Your Ground. I want to give you just some key takeaways from it. Key takeaways from that message. Number one, there is grace God has given you to stand your ground. 
Number two, the presence of trouble does not negate the presence of grace. Somebody better hear that. The presence of trouble does not negate the presence of grace. And you know what's funny, guys, is I wasn't even here to hear that message. I was sick, and I was at home writing these notes because I want to get his word. Number three, you have to guard the grace God has given you. Number four, stop receiving counsel from people who don't line up with your purpose. Number five, being blessed is not a condition, it's a position. Number six, get grounded, get rooted, and tell the enemy, I'm standing right here. Number seven, realize just because you have conflict doesn't mean you don't have a promise. I know I went through those real fast, but if you want to get them for yourself, go listen to the message. We have it on YouTube and people who do all this kind of stuff every week for you. Not just for nothing, but so you can get it in your soul. And if you need it again, listen to it again. Then Pastor Sam spoke last week on New Year's same God. Key takeaways from that message. Number one, there's a big gap between who you are now and where God wants you to be. Number two, how constant is your relationship with God? Number three, get past the spiritual amnesia and remember the goodness of God. Number four, don't start 2024 with the same doubts as 2023. Number five, who do you go to first? And number six, let 2024 be the evidence of God moving in you. See, these are all powerful takeaways from men of God that stood here and gave you the word that God spoke to them in their spirit to reach your spirit. But God said this. He said, words spoken and not applied are words that fall flat on the pages of your heart, leaving your stories to repeat the same ending. Words spoken and not applied are words that fall flat on the pages of your heart, leaving your stories to repeat the same ending. The only way to truly see change is to change your perspective, and God is saying it's time to flip the focus. I want you to go with me this morning to 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 16 through 18, and I want to read the word together, Amen. Amen. I want to pray real quick just over the word. God, let your word go forth as it was chosen to do so. Let it speak through me and only me as a vessel, God, not anything of myself, but just for you. Let you be heard, God. Let your voice be the one that reigns in this room. Let your voice be the one that reconciles in hearts and begins to create new cycles of change. And I thank you for what you're doing because your word does not go void in Jesus' name. Amen. 2 Corinthians 4, 16 through 18 says this. Therefore, say therefore. Man, y'all are weak today. I love you. But say therefore. Okay, thank you. Therefore, we do not give up. Even though our outer person is being destroyed, our inner person is being renewed day by day. For our momentary light affliction is producing for us an absolutely incomparable eternal weight of glory. So we do not focus on what is seen, but on what is unseen. For what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. That's powerful right there. Look at how Paul positioned these words in this scripture. From destroyed to renewed, from light affliction to eternal weight of glory, from seen to unseen, from temporary to eternal. Paul laid every bit of this out beautifully from what the Lord was telling him. Paul was trying to tell us at this time that we can either focus on things we see going on in all the fleshly areas of our lives and the circumstances that surround us, or we can flip the focus onto the unseen, which is the workings of his kingdom and our purpose for his eternal purpose. Flip the focus. Somebody say it with me. Flip the focus. Come on. Flip the focus. Because what you focus on reveals what you magnify. What you focus on reveals what you magnify. 
Y'all know, some of you were those mean kids that took out magnifying glasses and burnt ants with them when you were kids. Right? But what you focus on is what you magnify. If you magnify your problems, that's your focus. It's hard sometimes to not magnify our problems, especially when they face us. Some of us deal with health issues that just aren't going to go away unless God heals them. But I'm telling you what, if I'm determined to focus on them, that magnifies in my mind, and then the pain magnifies, and then the doubt magnifies. But if I choose to magnify on God, then I begin to get a mindset that's ready for what God has for me, and I begin to flip my focus and say, even though I'm struggling, then you can give me strength because your word says your strength is perfect in my weakness flip the focus flip the focus what you magnify is it reveals what you focus on this is called perspective positioning perspective positioning is how you perceive things that determines the position you take in life how you perceive things determines the position you take in life So I'm going to challenge you today. Change your perspective, and you'll change your position. Change your perspective, and you'll change your position. How can you ever expect for cycles in your life to be broken if you continue to look at them the same way you always have? How can God do something new in 2024 in your life when you go into it with the same perspective as you did in 2023 and in 2022 and in 2021 and in 2020? And it, how can it change when your perspective is the exact same? How does it make a difference? You will always be what your words out of your mouth always say you are. Word of God says, out of the heart, the mouth speaks. That doesn't mean you deny things or you say, you know, if you've got something going on and the doctor tells you something's going on, okay, this is going on. But like has been said from other people that I've heard, I know a greater physician. Even though this is happening, I will take heed to what I need to do, but I'm going to take heed to the word of God. And when I feel like my focus is beginning to magnify my problem, I will begin to magnify the Lord. Come on, somebody. That goes financially. That goes for everything that you face. What are you focusing on? What are you focusing on? And let's just go an extra step. What are you focusing on? You're focusing on your girl or your guy or your job or, you know, whatever it is to get you the next high in life. What are you focusing on? What are you focusing on? You have to flip the focus. You want things in your life to change? Change your perspective. Change your mindset. Change your focus to be more magnified on God. You want eternal lasting change. You have to focus on the eternal. I'm telling you what, I'm fired up because I know God's been speaking this to myself. So I don't care. I'll preach to myself like God's been preaching to me all for the last month through everything that I've gone through. I want to flip my focus. I refuse to repeat cycles in 2024 because I am destined to focus on God and determine I will not allow my problems to be my perspective any longer. When you focus more on the grace God is producing in you and less on the circumstances you are going through, that's when change happens. See, you'll never make it through what you're constantly trying to get out of. Let that sink in. You will never make it through what you are constantly trying to get out of. I love it because Larry, we were just talking out in the lobby today. Before church, he had no idea what I was speaking on. And he said, you know, some people, you know, would look at what's going on outside as a bad thing and a way to complain. He said, but, you know, God has a purpose in everything that he does. And he said, you know, this cold has come along because it's killing infections. It's causing that whether we want to see it or not, that's water for our ground. And he just began talking, and I'm thinking, you have no clue what I'm talking about. 
But the fact of it is, is even in the simple things of life, like cold weather and things taking place, God has a purpose in them all. If you choose to look at it negatively, oh, it's so cold and I have to do this and I don't want to get out. I'd rather stay here. Da, 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 da. You know what? You are just a complainer. Just be honest. But when you look at it in a different perspective, even the, the thing, do you know nothing that we go through and nothing that God has done on this earth, even the cold, bitter weather has a purpose because he's directed it. Nothing is coincidence in this world. Nothing. Nothing is coincidence. The spirit of God leads and directs us through all things. If you allow him to. See, Paul knew this all too well. He faced beatings, ridicule, torture, persecution, imprisonment, betrayal, and even physical ailments. He even begged God three times to take away something that was truly hindering him. Or so he thought until he realized the bigger picture. And this morning I got up and I was getting around and I heard God say this to me while I was getting around and putting my makeup on. He said, instead of consistently pursuing release from what you're facing, consistently seek me. Consistent seeking creates a continual cycle of change. You want to change a cycle, you have to create a new cycle. And how consistent are you, again, in your relationship with God? What time do you give him? What efforts do you give him? What moments do you give him? Through your pain, what praise do you give him? 2 Corinthians 12, 7 through 10 says it like this. This is Paul again. He says, I will say this because these experiences I had were so tremendous. God was afraid I might be puffed up by them. So I was given a physical condition, which has been a thorn in my flesh, a messenger from Satan to hurt and bother me and prick my pride. Three different times I begged God to make me well again. And each time he said, no, but I am with you. And that is all you need. My power shows up best in weak people. Anybody weak in the room? I'm okay. I'm going to say I'm a weakling right now. This is like a big time for me to say, hey, I, you know what? I'll be the scrawny weakling, God. That's okay. If it makes you bigger, that's all that matters. I'm not even talking about just physically. How many emotionally, spiritually know that you're weak in this room? And if you don't know, what is God sending you to prick your pride? What is God doing? He says, no, but I am with you. That is all you need. My power shows up best in weak people. Now I am glad to boast how weak I am. I am glad to be a living demonstration of Christ's power instead of showing off my own power and abilities. Since I know it, it is all for Christ's good, I am quite happy about the thorn and about insults and hardships and persecutions and difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. The less I have, the more I depend on him. That's good in itself. It's good in it. His word is good in itself. See, instead of asking God to get you out of your circumstance, flip the focus to what do you want me to get out of my circumstance? Instead of saying, God, get me out of this, ask him, what do you want me to get out of this, God? Why are you trying to tell me? What are you trying to make me learn? Sometimes I think we repeat cycles because we choose not to learn what God is trying to give to us. We've been so focused on saying, God, can't you get me out of this? God, you have the power to release me from this. God, you can do this. And our prayers are so self-focused that we forget to hear what he's trying to say through the cycle. And if you want to break the cycle, shut up and listen. I'm telling you what my prayers have changed for this year. I'm not asking God to heal me because I know he can. 
I'm not asking God to change everything for me and make money just supply into my bank account because I know he can. I'm not asking God to continually put extra butts in these seats just so we can get up here and talk to him because I know that he can. The fact of it is, is my prayers are asking God, give me the strength every day just to do what you've asked me to do. Give me the wisdom so that I can know how to build financially like you desire. Give me the wisdom as a leader so I can know how to build like you desire, God. And if it be to 20, let them have the wisdom to build like you desire. I'm tired of asking God, fix, fix, fix. Me, me, me. Change, change, change. When God's trying to say, no, Jen, you change. No, Jen, you focus. No, Jen, I'm good and I'm all you need. A great man of God, Oswald Chambers once wrote, I was reading a book by him, and he said, what you are calling the devil is the very thing God is using to manifest the graces of his spirit in you. Now, listen, I don't believe he wasn't saying, and I don't believe I'm saying that the devil isn't out to attack you, okay? If you're really in the center of God's will and focused on him, he's going to come at you hard. But just like Job, God allowed certain things to happen because he knew that Job would stay focused on him. Does he know that you will stay focused on him? Can he look and say, why not pick so-and-so? They're a man or woman of righteousness and upstanding. I know they'll focus on me. God said to me, he said, be careful of giving the enemy greater positioning in your life than God. How many times when things are happening, we say, oh, the devil did this, and he's done this, and he's done that. Whoa, 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 whoa. Did you stop to even ask God what he's doing in it? When you do that, do you know you are giving the devil greater authority and positioning in your life than God over you? Because the devil has no authority and power over that except what you give him. We wonder why we're depressed. We wonder why we're anxious. We wonder why we're struggling. And I believe it's because we are giving the devil the authority to have his will in our life instead of God having his will through our problems. You can say, well, that's rough to say because I have gone through depression. I have gone through moments of anxiety. I have gone through loss. I have gone through those things. No, not the exact same way that you have, but I'm telling you, I would not be standing here today if I kept saying that the devil was the one doing everything like that in my life and and not flip my focus. My focus has to be on God. I'm standing here in strength today. Y'all don't even know. In strength by the power of God because I choose when I get up instead of saying, man, I'm so hurting. Man, my bones, God. Man, this. No, I'm going to say, God, you breathe life into these bones. If it's just for four hours, then I'll take four hours. Flip the focus. Can you say it again? Flip the focus. Flip the focus. Instead of saying different things, I want to give you some examples. These are things you can say to yourself. My pain may be crippling at times, but my spirit is not disabled. I may be broke, but I am not broken. People continually seem to let me down, but they are not the hands that hold me. I have lost loved ones I love, but I am held by the comfort of the one who found me. I hate my job, but I am thankful for the supply. What are your words coming out of your mouth? God knows. He knows you don't like your job. But he also knows there's somebody there that needs him. And he also knows you need your bills to be paid. And I get it. Days are rough sometimes. Sometimes you just have bad days. I 
get that. God had bad days. Especially on earth because he was dealing with people who didn't want to listen. But he spoke life. He spoke life into you. He spoke life into them thousands of years ago. Even when he felt as man, as frustrated, I'm sure he got up and in his mind at time he thought, I don't like my job. But he loved you. And he had hope in the Father. He had hope in the God who called him his son. And he believed in focusing on the Father. And when his focus began to become nil and far away, he got away with God and repositioned his perspective and came out again. Flip the focus. See, you were given the armor of God to cover you through anything you face. The armor of God is not something you outgrow, but something you continually grow into. The armor of God is not last year's clothing article that you throw away and take to goodwill this year. See, when God, Pastor Brandon said it, he said, you need to clean it out, clean some things out. That hit me. What, what are in the closets of your soul, the closet of your mind, the closet of your perspective that is causing you to think that you are outgrown from the armor of God, so you just throw it away like the rest of the stuff. When you grow into the armor of God continually, it is the one outfit that truly is one size fits all. The only thing. And what's crazy is it fits you perfectly to a T. It's like, it reminds me of Back to the Future when he puts that jacket on and it's like, and it tightens up to him, fits him perfectly. You know, that's, that's God with the armor of God. He puts it on you and he begins to just suction it into who you are and every bit of your being. But only if you allow him to. He wants you to grow into your armor. And the only way that you can grow into it is by the grace of God that he's given you to go through what he's placed in front of you. Why would any soldier need armor if he was never going to go through a battle? Why? I mean, we, got, we need to start asking ourselves some common sense questions about God. Just common sense. Why would you tell me I need armor and to carry a sword, and to carry the weight of all of that, just to look good. God don't care how you look, because it's not about you. It's about him. And if you didn't need it, he wouldn't give it to you. There is a purpose. There are battles that you will face. So guess what? Put your armor on. It's common sense. God said, the hand that you've been dealt must be played. Too often in life, we just fold and give in to our own neediness. The hand you've been given has to be played. We play a game with the kids. You know, how many of you know Uno, right? Back in the day, Uno, okay? Now there's like Uno attack, Uno flip. That one, we have Uno flip at our house, okay? And the hand that you've been given, you have to play it. On one side, it's the original Uno cards. But when somebody puts a flip card down, you flip your hand over and have to play those side of the cards that have completely different meanings, completely different colors, and it kind of messes you up. We played with Kavaris once, and I think he had like 50 cards in his hand because he had to keep drawing But in the end, you still have to play the hand that you're dealt. Uno doesn't quit till somebody's down, right? To nothing, right? Guess what? In your life, the hand that you've been dealt doesn't quit until you're down to the one who only matters. That's it. That's it. You have to. I can't trade my cards with you. And trust me, you wouldn't want some of them. And I don't want some of your cards. I don't. I'm not going to lie. That's yours. God gave that to you. I got my own. And I have to change my focus daily onto what he wants. And what's crazy is 
as you continue to do that, you know, we could just say, you know, Kavaris could have said at that moment, I'm out. I don't want to play. No, he held his cards in his hand. He, played. he lost, but he held his cards in his hand. Yes, to everybody who knows Kavaris and everything, he lost at something. <laughs> He's like, Jen, you irritate me right now. It's a, it's a big challenge for the youth kids to try to best and beat Kavaris at anything. I will just tell you that. So it's a little inside joke, but it is. Right, Kavaris? It's their job to do it. But the fact of it is, is guess what? None of us were made to win at everything. We are just made to know how to get through it. And the way you win is by going through. Maybe a little beaten and battered and, you know, feel like a loser, but you're not if you have God. You're not. See, God knows your needs, but he's not moved by your neediness. God knows your needs, but he's not moved by your neediness. If it was so, he would have healed every single person that he ever encountered and delivered them from every trouble that they ever faced. There's a lot of people that were in needs thousands of years ago to today. But what he is moved by is positioning your faith in him to meet your needs. He's not moved by your need. He's moved by your faith that positions you in a place for him to meet them. Did Paul not say, but I am with you and that is all you need? That Christ said that. Paul, Christ said it to Paul and Paul said it to us. Christ says, but I am with you. That is all you need. And your need for God should always outweigh your actual needs. Your need for God should always outweigh it. Don't get stuck in the place of self-pity. Because change never takes place from this position. Don't get stuck in the place of self-pity because change never takes place from this position. Self-pity is the wrong perspective and causes us to position ourselves in a place of agreement with the flesh instead of the glory of God. Self-pity is the wrong perspective and causes us to position ourselves in a place of agreement with the flesh instead of the glory of God. You got to flip the focus. And look at the seen things. Flip your focus. What did Paul say? Going back. Go back to 2 Corinthians where he says, So we do not focus on what is seen, but on what is unseen. For what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. Right? Look at the seen things as a chance to concentrate on the unseen. Look at the seen things to, as a chance to concentrate on the unseen. These things that carry the greatest weight, the eternal things that carry the glory of God. I had a devotional sent to me the other day, and there were two things that I read in it that stuck out to me. The first one was, it said, My troubles are intended to deepen my character and to clothe me in gifts I had little of prior to my difficulties. My troubles are intended to deepen my character and clothe me in gifts I had little of prior to my difficulties. And the next thing that I read, it said this. It said, trouble never comes to someone unless it brings a nugget of gold in its hand. Trouble never comes to someone unless it brings a nugget of gold in its hand. And I immediately heard the Lord ask me when I read this. He said, are you willing to see the treasure in the hand of trouble? Are you willing to see treasure in the hand of your troubles? Because remember, I did say, we just talked about it, that you have to play the cards that you've been dealt. Well, I want to ask you, what's in your hand? What's in your hand today? What treasures are waiting to be displayed from the hand of God you've been given? What treasures do you hold in your hand? Not what troubles. We all got troubles. But what treasures do you hold in your hand? And your treasures are different than my treasures. What treasure is in your hand? Can you just stop and refocus yourself on what God is truly trying to do in you? Can you just stop and look for the treasure in the hand of trouble? Because I want to ask you something. Have any of you 
in all history of watching treasure hunt movies or treasure things or history about when ships were crashed in and they lost all kinds of treasure in ocean or in lands and in different things, have you ever heard of any treasure that was just left lying around out in the open? Have you? Very rarely. Unless something's been unearthed by erosion or things that have happened, do you ever just hear about somebody being like, hey, I found like 20 Spanish gold cases of yada, yada, yada. Just like, no. You don't hear things like that. You don't, you don't, you don't know what's there. But no treasure worth anything is left easily found out in the open. True treasure is found in the grueling process of seeking it out, Facing adversities, weathering storms, digging in the dark, and trusting the map to lead you to it. Right? Yeah. None of you have ever seen movies or read history books or anything like that? Like, I mean, I mean, I, don't you know that there's always a treasure hunter that has this map that's on the back of the Declaration of it? No, I'm just kidding. But I'm just saying... You don't know until you seek it out, right? And it's not easy to find treasure. I'm here to tell you, if you don't flip your focus, you're going to lose your treasure. You're going to lose the treasure in the midst of trouble. And God has brought troubles your way, but there's treasure in the midst of it, and you're going to have to dig. Not just digging through all your problems or trying to fix it yourself. No, you're going to have to dig in the Word of God this year. You're going to have to dig in prayer. You're going to have to dig in worship. You're going to have to dig in your relationships. You're going to have to dig in your job. You're going to have to dig in your perspective. You're going to have to go through dark places in order for the light to be seen on the other side. You're going to have to be willing to be in agreement with the map God has given you, which is the word of God, which is his presence that comes to you, that directs you to where you need to go. And if you want to mark out your own path, you will miss your promise. When we prematurely leave the hunt, we permanently forfeit the treasure. Your continual pleading with God to ask him to remove you from what he's trying to take you through is going to permanently cause you to just forfeit what he's doing. And you can't blame anybody else but yourself. Guess what? People are going to be mean because people are mean. People are going to do things you don't like because people are people. There's going to be hurts. This is not what you probably want to hear right now for 2024, but I'm sorry about you. There's going to be hard times, there's going to be struggles, and there's going to be difficulties that will come your way. I can guarantee that. But one thing I can guarantee on top of that that's better than it is if you choose to flip your focus to what God wants to do through it, you will end the cycle of repeating the same thing over and over and over and over and over again. Only you can break the cycle. Nobody else can do it. Nobody can dig for you. Nobody can do it. And quit being lazy about it it. Brennan doesn't dig for me. Yes, the word of God talks about the husband to read the word over and stuff. And we talk about the word constantly, but my personal relationship with God is my personal relationship. And I have to do what I need to do to get out of that. And I can either sit around and say, woe is me, or I can say, worthy are you. Change your perspective. We've said, I've said this for years now. You can't complain about what you entertain. You want to keep complaining about the stuff going on in your life? Don't come tell me anymore unless you want to change. I don't want to hear about your problems all the time. I want to hear about the goodness of God. I'm not saying that I don't want to pray for you, but I want to get in agreement with the good things, not your flesh. I don't want to get in agreement with your flesh. Hello? And I get that we 
are pastors and there's leaders. And yes, I'm. please do not get me wrong that we don't want to pray for you, that we don't believe in healing. And when the sick come, that we lay hands on them. It happened this morning in a chair right there, laying hands on a sick little girl. But only because I said, in Jesus' name, I believe in you to heal and bring healing to this family, to bring health to their home. And I'm going to stand on that agreement. Yes, is it hard? Yes, if you need to go to the doctor, go. But I'm still going to stand on his word. And guess what? Just like you, I need a shepherd. And God is the greatest shepherd that I can't just go and talk about all the problems all the time. And honestly, I can't just keep going to him and talking about all the problems all the time because guess what? He will never get in agreement with those. He doesn't want to. He wants to change them. He wants to create new cycles in me. And is it hard? Absolutely. But the treasure at the end, the eternal things, the purpose that he's put before us is worth it. It's worth it. These things are just temporary. This body is just temporary. Thank God it's just temporary. One day when I get to heaven, I won't have to deal with it. But as I'm here right now, God can give me the strength to deal with it through it. No one ever wants to look at their troubles as a treasure hunt. I get it. But you got to flip the focus. There's treasure waiting for you in the midst of your trial. Do you hear me? There's treasure waiting for you. Treasure of God, goodness of God. Change your perspective from God get me out of this to God give me the strength to get through this. And your this may just be this day, right now. But that's okay. Pray it again tomorrow and the next day and the next day and the next day and the day after that and the day after that. And keep on asking for God to strengthen you until seeking his will is greater than seeking deliverance from your problem. Continue to ask him until seeking who he is is greater to you than seeking deliverance from your problems. This is where cycles become broken, and in return, our brokenness creates the greatest birthplace of the treasures of God. This is where cycles are broken. You're this day. Today, you can choose to start breaking cycles. And it doesn't happen overnight. It's going to take time. But you take the next day and the next day and the next day and you get up. That's why. Why do you think so hard God pressed us to tell you at the end of the year to put your armor on. Get up and put on the truth. Get up and put on your salvation. And I'm telling you what, it's not just about salvation of save my soul. No, God is your salvation in all things. All. Put it on. Let me say it again. You're this. You're this, whatever it may be, where you're saying, God, give me strength to get through this. You're this place is where cycles become broken, and in return, our brokenness creates the greatest birthplace of the treasures of God. It's time we flip the focus by focusing on the unseen in our trials. Guys. The unseen things, the things that we hope for, we believe in, and we trust in, the eternal things of God, is the treasure that God delights to reveal to you through the refining of the fire. You will never get gold in its purest form unless it goes through the fire. It has to. It has to. There's a process to all things. The eternal outcome in all areas of your life, in all areas of your life, must outweigh the external conflicts you are facing. Flipping the focus breaks old cycles and reveals the treasure of God through anything that you're facing. Through anything that you're facing. I want to ask you this morning, 
I didn't have the worship team come up because I just believe that God is challenging you. I will tell you what, it's part of a little bit of what he told me to tell the leadership. It, it's not everything, but the fact of it is, is God is the biggest thing. I'm not even telling you this because it's a cool saying or it's a rhyme or anything like that, but there is more in 2024, okay? But in order for you to get more, God is requiring more of you. He's going to ask more of you than the, this year than you think. And you're going, oh, my Lord, I was pressed so hard in 2023. Are you kidding me? What more can he ask till there's nothing left but him? Nothing. Nothing else matters. And he told me to begin to ask you, to challenge you. Are you willing to flip your focus? Are you that hungry for him? Are you that hungry to want to come and say that no matter what I go through, yet I will praise him. Though he slay me, yet I will praise. No matter what I'm dealing with. If you truly, truly want to break old cycles, you have to flip your focus. And he said he wanted to challenge each and every single one of us, us, I'm including myself, to ask me, are you willing to flip your focus? Jen, do you really magnify me? Or are all the things in the world greater than me? Because my word says, greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. That means that greater is God than the enemy that has been given authority over fleshly things. Well, guess what? When I die by the Spirit, I don't live by the flesh. I live by the Spirit of God, and I don't have to be an authority of the flesh. What are you about to? He's, I'm telling you what, Pastor Brandon just said it. And he's over compromise. And God is not to be mocked. I've seen so many things come through even on the news. And I read something, um, I believe Pastor Don, is. I think I read it out of what was sent to me. Um, about the global church and how many people see it as so unnecessary or that it's not a big deal. You want to know why? Because it's not a big deal when you don't focus on God and you live like you want. It's not a big deal. And God wants to raise up a true remnant, not just remnant church, a remnant across the nations who are willing to say, my focus is on the eternal. My focus is on Jesus Christ. Nothing less than him I have to challenge myself there's things that every day you will need to challenge yourself with to ask am I focused right now in this moment more on myself and what's going on than I am on God I don't care if you're in the bank and your balance says negative you better stop yourself right there and begin to focus on God and ask him for wisdom on how to make it positive and guess what he's probably going to put you to work but then you ask God to give you strength to get through it it's that easy it's simple and yes I'm fired up about it because I'm just telling you we as leaders have declared we will not keep repeating past cycles it ain't gonna happen God wants more out of us that means making more sacrifices separating from things that you might need to separate from, changing things. That means your social interactions may need to be separated. Your social interactions, whether it's media, whether it's personally, whatever it may be, God is requiring more of you. Everything. He's requiring more of you financially. He's going to require, and you're going, I ain't got nothing else to give. Oh, yes, you do if you stop and refocus and ask him where it's going to come from. Yes, you do. He has the answer. Follow the map. It's going to lead you to the treasure, I promise. Follow the word. It's just that simple. So today, we've got a worship mix on. And I believe God 
in order for you to be able to take any next steps in your relationship with him. He's asking you, you need to flip your focus. And the first thing I want to do this morning to flip your focus is to not go by without asking if there's anybody in this room that knows, number one, that you are not focused on God as Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior of your life. You think you are. You give moments. But God is not momentary. He's eternal. And he wants you to be focused on eternal things in your life. He's tired of the Sunday religion and the weekly catastrophes that are happening. And you wonder why people don't want to go to church because we have not shown them what church really is right here. Right here. Consistency. We say it over and over. Thousands of times we've said it since we started. Consistency is key in every area of your life. But if you can't be consistent with God, how in God's name are you going to be consistent in anything else? Consistency. What do people see? And who do you go to? And what are you turning to? And what is God asking you to cut out and cut off this year? You want the head of the snake to die, the enemy, the, the, the enemy to quit slithering into your life, then cut off its head. You say, well, this is kind of harsh. Well, God says a lot of harsh things in the Bible. He says a lot of things that you ain't going to like. You think it's easy to go through and get up in the mornings and have to face and be like, man, God, I asked you to heal me and you didn't do it. Why? I can keep asking that, or I can flip my focus and say, hey, I'm still here, so whatever you want to do through me, give me the strength to do it, and give me the wisdom to conquer what's in front of me. That's all I can do. That's all you can do. Give me the strength to get through it and the wisdom to conquer. I don't care if it's drugs. I don't care if it's alcohol. I don't care if it's lust. I don't care if it's pornography. I don't care if it's just scrolling because you have an addiction with your thumbs instead of flipping the pages of your Bible. I don't care what it is. God wants you to break the cycle today. From the little things of looking at the weather and being a grumbler and a complainer. God is so tired of his church being frumpy grumpies. He's over it. We should be excited for the joy of the Lord is my strength. Come on, for the joy of the Lord is my strength. Really? God's doing something.